live streamers. If you're not in Florida, you should come because it's a nice day. We have a little touch of fall for a visit. <laughs> but, but seriously, we're so glad that you've, you've stopped your day to tune in with us and join with us to hear the word of the Lord because it's always good to gather together with the body, no matter where you are, that you know that you're gathered with the body and assembled because that pleases God. Amen? Um, if you need a title... Um, my title is God Encounters. <laughs> so let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we thank you. We praise you, Lord God. We rejoice in the day that you have given us, Lord God, because we know that it's your day, Father. It's blessed. It's holy. It's sanctified, Father. It's redeemed for us, Lord God. We don't forget, Father God, what you have done for us, what you want to do through us, Lord God. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit that is now living and dwelling in the believer to lead and to guide to instruct, Father, to discipline us, Lord God, to train us, Father God, to show us the, the right way that you want us to go and the truth that you want us to know and the life that we've been given to live. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you, we open ourselves to you right now and that you, we allow you to teach. We allow you to teach us something that we don't know. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. We honor you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. So it's going to be a little different today. I don't have a lot of scriptures, but I'm going to tell you, we're going to talk about some things, and I'm going to give you some uh, books in the Bible that you can go to and read for yourself, because to go through every single thing would take too long. So, um, but we are going to go to Colossians chapter 1, verses 11 to 14 and I'm going to read it in the Phillips translation because this is all about what I'd like to share with you today because I don't know about y'all but I I want a God encounter and I just don't want one I want I want it to know that I've been in his presence that I've encountered him over and over and over I don't know about y'all, I'm not interested in playing church. I am not interested in looking like something. I want to become something. I want to have what God wants me to have and become who God says I can become and to walk pleasing before him. Nobody does it perfect, but our attitude and our thought life and our thinking should be, that's where I'm headed. That's what I'm reaching out for. That's where I'm going. That's where I'm going, and nothing and no one can stop me from that except me. Amen? So, with that said, 11 to 14, this is what it says. It says, and we're going we're gonna to look at this. It says, as you live this new life, we pray that you will be strengthened from God's boundless resources. So we have to think about when we step in and say yes to Jesus and, and we sit down and we start being instructed and trained and shown that we've been given a new way of life. It says you have to be strengthened from God's boundless resources. That's what 
the leaders were praying for the people that were being converted. Because, you know, I know in here we've, we've gone through conversion. But after you go through conversion, then what happens to us? Do we press in to press on? Do we press into the Word? Do we press into the Holy Spirit? Do we press into the God that's on the earth in us? And in this ministry, we're taught that bottom line right from day one. So you have to get acquainted and know who has come into you and where you have gone into him. Watch what, who and what you have gone into. And it says, that's how you will be strengthened from God's boundless resources so that you will find yourselves able, okay, here we go, able to pass through any experience and endure it with courage. That is a mouthful. I mean, we, you know, sometimes I feel like I've been pushed into something and I, you know, I'm like looking for the endurance. I'm, you know, I'm asking God for the courage. But we know that in this ministry, we're always prayed for strength and courage to come. Strength, the strength of God to endure, the courage to stand up and to continue on and to go forward and not step backward, not step aside not learn to cope, but we don't settle for a look-alike. We don't settle for a counterfeit. We want the real thing. Amen? We want God. We want a God encounter. Many, many, many times, many times I have learned, but I had to learn this over a period of years, I have been able to sit quietly before God, not asking for anything, nothing, and sit there quietly and just let God know, I'm just going to sit here. If you want to speak with me, if you want to have something come alive in me, if you want to correct me, and I'll be honest with you all, I've had a lot of correction in those quiet times, a lot. But I see that it served me really well. You know, each time you go through something, you might not like the fact that well, that's, what, that's what you're going to tell me. I wanted to hear something grand. I wanted to hear something mind-boggling, earth-shaking. And you're telling me that grace isn't to get by with anything, Hugh Ellen? Grace is to get on with it? I wasn't even talking about grace, Lord. I was just quiet. <laughs> just quiet. <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, I'm just sitting here quiet. And you tell me, don't let me hear you say again that you lie down in pain, that you rise up in pain, and that you spend your day in pain. You rise up in me, you lie down in me, and you spend your day in me. That's who you are, and that's where you are. And I'm like, well, I wasn't really talking to you about that because I wasn't talking to him about anything. I was just sitting quiet and listening willing, willing to hear something that would change me, something that would give me this new life that the Phillips translation talks about, something that would strengthen me and 
and look to God's boundless resources. Get my eyes off myself and start looking at God's resources. If we can't get our eyes off ourselves and start looking to God's resources, we're never going to know that we had an encounter with him. I know that I know I've had encounters with God. Man wasn't involved in it at all. I set out. I didn't know I was going to have an encounter, but I've had them. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt, nobody can talk me, this, me out of this. Nobody can say, no, but it was that. Because one, I don't share it with too many people, but I will share it when it's needed. Um, but honestly, you have to get to the point of you can experience. You, you know it. It says, and you will find yourselves able to pass through any experience and endure it with courage. That's because you have looked to God. You are looking to God. You have gotten off yourself. That is not an easy thing to do. When you're in the midst of trials and tribulations and tests, that's not easy. It's so easy for me to stand here this morning and say it. It just slips out like nothing. It's so, it's so easy to just say it. It's so easy even to read it off this page. But yet, this is truth. And this is what God wants us to know. He wants us to see this. He wants us to actually see it on the inside of ourselves, so that we can have that encounter and that experience with him. It says, and you will even be, listen to this, you will be even be able to thank God in the midst of pain and distress because you are privileged to share the lot of those who are living in the light. Because you know what? Sometimes, now you know this, Pastor Bob's been teaching this to us about going through the fire and the water. Sometimes you do go through things that are distressful. They, they're distressful. God's not putting you through it, but you're going to have to go through it. And can you really, can you go through it in the right light, let's say, in the right attitude, with the right thinking? Or is going through it going to crush us? Is going through it going to never let me out of that? Never, never let me free? Never let me loose? That's not our life in Him. That's not the boundless resources of God. And we have got to get back when, when the trouble comes and the circumstances and the situations of life comes, we've got to go right to God. God's got to rise up within us right now, right here, right in the midst of the ugly situation. You know, I, I was telling someone this the other day. I said, you know what? I don't care if you have to cry and wail as long as you're speaking the word of God. Do you think that's, that's nothing? You better be speaking the word of God. I don't care if it's through tears, if it's through moaning. <laughs> I don't care. You stick on the word of God because that's God himself. That's God himself, that abundant life. And that abundant life will bring you through and bring you out and put you over. But we have got to settle that in us. I mean, I'm, I'm not here to convince and persuade you. I'm just saying that's what has to happen. And that's a decision we have to make. It says, you will even be able to thank God in the midst of pain and distress because you are privileged to share the lot of those who are living in the light. For we must never forget 
that he rescued us from the power of darkness and he reestablished us in the kingdom of his beloved son. That is, in the kingdom of light. For it is by his son alone that we have been redeemed and have had our sins forgiven. So we're in a really, 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 really good shape, really good place to be able to tap into God's boundless resources, to be strengthened in the midst of our situation and circumstance, and to know that we can still stand and still go on. Um, I wrote down a couple of people in the Bible, Moses, okay? You can start in Exodus 3 and read through when Moses... It starts at the burning bush. God's asked him to go to Pharaoh. He's asked him to lead the people um, out from Egypt, God's people. And how, Moses went multiple times. Let's think about this. Moses had to face the Pharaoh multiple times telling him, no, no, I'm not letting them go. No, they're never going to get in the wilderness to worship like they want to. No, they're going to serve me with toil here. I mean, many times Moses would go back to God. God would send Moses back. It never changed. It never changed what God told Moses to do. And I'd like to encourage us this morning about that, that once you have the word from God, you need to hold fast to that word. You have to. You do. Pastor Ned's right. I mean, it's, a, it's not if you feel like it or how long. It's no, you must, you must hold fast to that word because that word is about God's boundless resources for you and your situation. So Moses went back multiple, multiple, multiple times. But you know what? At the end of the story, Moses, you know, he, he made every excuse. He told God, oh, I don't, I don't speak well. You know, and then when Pharaoh, what if Pharaoh says no? What if the people won't even follow me out from Egypt? Egypt? You know, and those are valid questions. I mean, what if they don't? But God was right with him. He gave him signs. He gave him wonders. He even said, don't worry. He's going to let them go because I'm going to show him my wonders when the plagues start coming. And that's what God referred to God. God says, I'm going to show him my wonders. So Moses did stick it out. And at the end of, this, end of it, the people came out. Moses did obey God. And he was able to fulfill what God wanted him to do. And that's what I want to say this morning. We are able to fulfill whatever it is that you know God wants you to do. Whether it's just coming to church, whether it's serving in a ministry, um, whatever it is. At any time, anything that you're supposed to obey God's word, God's with us. He's in us. And he will see it through. David. Oh my gosh, David. I love the Psalms. I do. I love the Psalms because David didn't even have the Spirit of God within him. But yet, but yet, David, I just wrote a couple things through the Psalms, and you can find it all over the Psalms. David said that the righteous will rejoice exceedingly, knowing who their help comes from, knowing who they can trust and have their hope in. And David had some trouble, and we all know that. But he never, never lost sight of his God and whom he believed. And his God wasn't even living in him. In Psalm, um, let's see, 8410, 
Let me show you this one. This is good. Um, Psalm 84.10 in the New Living Translation. It says, a single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. Now, listen to this. David loved God. He loved God. He messed up, but he always returned to God. He loved God. And what I think about this, you know, we used to sing a song of that, about that. Um, one day in his courts was worth... Um, better than a thousand days in the world. We used to sing that song all the time in this ministry because it's the truth. We never want to give up on God, ever, ever. One day is worth it. One day knowing that you've had a God encounter. One experience with God is enough. And if you've ever, if you've been saved, then you've had that one experience. I mean, I told you about that man that he thought I had to have a Ted Shedd experience because his was a Ted Shedd experience. I didn't have that. I knelt on the floor in front of my television and the man on TV said, reach out your hand if you've never received Jesus. Morgan, I never had received Jesus based on what that man is saying. I, I knew that I knew it. Morgan knew it too. We just put our hands out like this. Simple as that, quiet as a mouse, repeated the prayer. We knew that we knew, now we'll have heaven. So everyone can have an experience with God. Everyone can have a God encounter. And you can have them over and over and over, but you've got to get your mindset on God. You know, you've got to, you've got to be looking at God, looking for God, giving yourself to God. I tell the kids that all the time. Because, you know, they're just young. They're just learning. Some of us, you know, we're older, and we're just learning this way. But our children here, they're learning this way young. They, won't, they don't have to unless they choose to just put it away from them. They won't have to grow up like we grew up and then take all this stuff and get off the baggage and then start putting back in what really should have been put in in the first place. They'll never have to do that. Never have to. And yet, it doesn't matter whether that's the way you get it or you get it the way we're sitting in here getting it. We can get it. We're made for this. We're made to succeed. We're made to obey. We're made to submit. Submission is not bad. We're submitting to the, you know, the creator of the universe. There's nothing wrong with submitting. Um, Paul in Acts 9, we won't turn there, but what about Paul when he had that, when he was um, preaching and dragging out the preaching against God, dra Christianity, dragging out the Christians, what about Paul when he had the road to Damascus experience? That was a God encounter. That probably wasn't so nice. But it's a God encounter. You know, you have to take what God gives you because it's going to change you. It's going to change your life. It changed Paul's life. Changed his life. Changed his name. Changed what he believed. Changed where he was going to end up. It changed everything because he had an experience with the Lord. And he stayed with it. Amen. Amen. He stayed with it. Um, 
<laughs> Abraham. Abraham. We'll, we'll turn over there. Romans 4. We'll turn to Abraham. Romans 4, and I think I want to go to... Oh, let me see where I want to go. I think I wrote it down. He had to stick with it, didn't he? Um, let's start 20 to maybe the end of the... Yeah, 24. Okay, so for 20... We know that... Um, God spoke to Abraham and he told him he's going to be a father of many nations. He told him, you know, that they're going to have a baby. He's going to be the promise. He told him all of this. Well, you know, Sarah laughed. Abraham knew. Abraham knew he was beyond childbearing. He, he, he knew it. He was beyond. And she was beyond. They were too old. There were things against them. But you know what? Instead of just pushing God away, they didn't do that. Now, he did get off a little bit, but you know what? He came back, and he still stood. Nobody wants to talk about how long he stood. That man was still standing. I mean, it did take a long time. It took many years, but he was still standing. And you know what? There's something to be said for that. There really, there really is something to be said. All right, so 20... Yeah, I didn't write it down. Um, 20, we'll start 20 to 25, I think. It says, this is Abraham. He did not waver. That's what I want us to look at. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was God was also able to perform. So I want us to think about this. He had to trust God in that. He had to, he had to be persuaded. He had to be convinced. Well, how do you think that happened? I believe he had to go over what God had said to him. He had to have kept it. He had to go over and over and over and over it and rehearse what God had promised and what God had said that so he could be convinced that, all right, God, you said it. You said we're going to have a child of promise. You said I'm going to be the father of many nations. I'm going to believe you. I'm not going to waver at this. I'm going to keep this before me, and I'm going to be convinced. And really what happened was he just got convinced because I've noticed that. If I meditate the word long enough, I become convinced. I don't really set out to say, okay, I've got to be convinced. I've got to be I just stick with the word and, and it just comes. And that's what growing is all about. It's wonderful. I mean, seriously wonderful to grow. Growing is a process, but it's a good process. You know, it's life-giving. Even while you're growing, it's still giving you life. You might not be where you want to be or need to be, but it's bringing life to you. You're still growing, and you're going toward the promise, toward, the, toward um, what God says, toward where he wants you to be. And that's, you know, it's important about that. Um, 22, and therefore, 
it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, that also, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised us or who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. So we're being set right. I'm being set right to encounter God. God wants to encounter me. You know, we say it all the time. God's restoring us back to the way it was in the garden. Well, in the garden, we read every day there was a God encounter. Every day. So if that's true and we've been justified, now we're sanctified, we're redeemed, we're in a better place than that, we've been restored, then why can't I have a God encounter? Just like Adam had. Every day that I can know that I know, one, that I came into his presence, two, that I pleased him, and three, if I gave him opportunity and kept quiet before him, this takes some discipline. I'm not saying I did this the first year out. I'm, I'm not saying I did, because I didn't. But I learned how to. I learned how to do it, how to quiet my mind. That was wonderful when I learned that, because you know what? I like thinking about stuff. <laughs> I like it. It's enjoyable to me. And um, just, just clear your mind and to be still and to let God know, I'm still, Lord. And I'll be still until either I hear you release me from the stillness, but I'm going to know that I know that I encountered you. Even if I hear nothing, I can get up and walk away and say, I encountered God. I was in his presence. And that's something. Because that's where we want to be. Amen? We want to have that experience and be strengthened just like um, Colossians 1 said about with God's boundless resources. Knowing, knowing that we have come into a place to reach out, take hold of God, God's boundless resources. Whatever it is that I have need of. Boundless. Knows no boundary. I know boundaries. You know, I run up on a boundary often. And if I don't think back to God, then I'm stopped right there. That's my boundary. That's it. Whatever I got to that point, that's all I'm having. That's all I'm going to get. That's all I'm having because that's where I've stopped. You see that, don't you? I mean, really. You have to think about this. We have to. Um, Psalm 51.6, let's look at that really quick. We'll look at a couple scriptures. And um, I think we're going to go 6 to 12 on that. This is David talking. It says, behold, even David knew this. Now, we definitely should know this, being, you know, 
filled with the Spirit. But David knew this. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. But behold, you desire... Oh, that was five. I'm sorry. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. So David already knew God wanted to be on, in the inward parts. He wanted to deal with the inward parts. David knew that. Whew, I just, that's something. I'm not kidding. That's, that just boggles my mind. Um, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. See, David wanted an encounter with God. He wanted to know that he knew that he and his God, he was going to be able to please God, and God was going to be right there with him. Mm. It says, do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. He knew without God... Nothing was going to come right. Without God, there was going to be no forgiveness. Without God, there'd be no repentance on his, on his behalf. He knew. That's one thing. i got to give it to David. He held on to God. You know, sometimes we do things and we get embarrassed, and then we kind of we draw away from God. But David, he never was embarrassed. He never was condemned. He went right to God. And he always desired that relationship, always. He wanted, he was hungry and thirsty. I'm still hungry and thirsty for a relationship with my Savior and my Lord. I'm still hungry, and I purpose to stay that way. But, you know, it has to be a purpose. You just can't say, oh, I'll just get up every day and be hungry and thirsty. Will we? Will we really? I mean, let's be real. In reality, in the natural, we can skip meals all the time for doing something else, can't we? Yes, we can. <laughs> I could skip meals for sleeping late. I could skip meals for going to bed early. I can skip meals for having an opportunity to go somewhere else and miss lunch. I mean, really, I can, you know, there's, we know how to, you know, put one thing above the other. But we don't want to do that with the things of God. We won't be satisfied unless we have experiences with God and we have them over and over and over and over. I want experiences in the corporate anointing. I want experiences outside when I'm walking around, when I'm at home, wherever it is. I want to be able to recognize God. Let's put it that way. I want to recognize God, and I don't mean put a God stamp on every little thing that you think is, oh, yeah, we just stamp everything God and everything will be good. Half the things we think were, was God was not God. I mean, really, we just like to make that up in our head to make us feel good. But I'm talking about real encounters where you know that you know that you know you had an experience, you had an, an encounter, you please God, God is pleased, you can rejoice, you can be glad in it, you've got the glad heart, and things work well, and you stay hungry and thirsty, and you want to keep drinking of the Spirit. You don't want to miss a time where, you, you know, the Spirit of the Lord is. 
It's just one. I had a I had a woman one time tell me, and she went to our church, and she's in heaven now, long time ago. And I got excited because I was in a service and God moved. You know, I'm young in the Lord. I'm excited. We didn't get that growing up in religion, ever. And uh, the people were excited. The pastors were excited. We were excited. God was there, God's presence and moving. And people were, they were, it was just wonderful. And uh, so when it was all over, I had opportunity to be one-on-one with her. And so I mentioned it because she was there. And I mentioned it. And this was her attitude, y'all. Honey, I've seen that before. And I'm like, mm. I, just, I just knew that wasn't right. You just can't brush off the things of God. I mean, anything of God. It's all real. It's all encounter. It's all powerful. It's all him. You don't brush off anything that's of God, ever. You don't get tired of it. You don't say, I've seen that before. I've been in meetings like that before. No, you're always looking to join yourself. You join. You know, Pastor Bob and Pastor Ned talked to us about this, about, you know, Maybe there might be a time to spectate at first, but then once you've done that, you need to have a desire to participate. You need to move out from the spectating, and you need to get into the participating. Because let me tell you something. If you start participating, you'll walk away and know you had a God encounter. You'll know that you know that you know, wow, that was God. No man thought that up. That was the Lord. And that's where we want to be, church. It's our day. It's our time. We've got to be strengthened, and we have to have the courage because there's, we're going to be called on to do things. We're going to be called to, you know, stand up for what's righteous. We're going to be called on that. It's, it's good. This is our time. And, and the world needs the church now. The world needs the church. Whether they like us or they don't like us, that matters not to us. The world needs us. God is calling. We are going to step up. We are going to be the ones that step out. We are going to be on the front line of whatever's happening. We'll be willing and we'll be able, we'll be enabled to do it. And that's where we've got to be convinced of and remember that, that we are come with the resources of God we're not coming with the man's resources that's not how we're coming we're coming already having experiences with God knowing his awesome power knowing his compassion real compassion knowing what love is truly all about what giving is truly all about, what preferring another person is truly all about, and we are going to be the ones to touch people and to get these things done. It is our time. Amen. It's our time. Glory to God. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we won't turn there, but I just want to touch just a teeny bit about weakness. Nobody likes to talk about weakness, but you know what? We all have it. 
Second Corinthians chapter 12, in, in one of the um, translations, it says that our weakness becomes a portal for God's power. That doesn't mean that we just lay down and quit. It means when we've gone the distance, we've gone all that we can go, we've exhausted everything in ourselves. because the Bible says that when I am weak, then he is strong, that our weakness becomes a portal for God's power. That's important to know that, to think that when you've come to the end of your rope, well, it's all done, done, I'm finished, it's over with. No, no. What about God's power? What about God's strength rising up? When I am weak, then God, you are strong. So weakness rose up and then strength came right to it. Came up right to it. Amen. And God's strength is not going to back down. God's strength will empower us and strengthen us and bring us the courage that we know that we know that we can stand up and go forward. We can stand up against whatever it is that's adversity, whatever it is that's evil and wicked, whatever it is that's darkness. Because, you know, there's darkness going on around us. Also, it says another one, another translation says that this is good too, that God's power finds its full expression through my weakness. So even though I've come up upon my weakness and gone as far as I can, God, God comes and his power finds a full expression through my weakness, which tells me God isn't stopped by my weakness. He doesn't sit down in my weakness or in your weakness, but he rises up and goes through. And if we're smart, we'll, go, we'll grab him and we'll go through with him. We won't be left in the dust going, oh, I was weak, that's all I could do. No, we're going to see God's power and his strength come up, and I'm going to grab that. I'm going to grab it. You know, it, it could be a word spoken in due season. It could be something that the Holy Spirit just speaks inside of you, in your spirit. It could be something that comes right out of the pulpit, comes from, it could, be, it could come from um, another believer. But we've got to be able to recognize it. Thank you, Jesus. We've got to recognize it's God. I guess that's what I want to say. This is God. I'm taking it. I'm receiving it. I'm not pushing it away. I'm not over here um, focused on, but I'm weak, I'm weak, I'm weak, I'm weak. Yes, I get it, I'm weak. But this is what I know about my weakness, that God, God will raise, will rise up, and he will come through that weakness, that it'll be a, my weakness will be a portal to allow God to come in, because the Bible says when I am weak. Now, I say this to myself, when I feel weak about something, whether it's in my mind, my body, it doesn't matter, I say that out loud to myself. Oh, Hugh Ellen, when you are weak, then God, your God, the eternal, never-ending, everlasting God, the all-powerful God, the all-omnipotent God, the one who was and is and always will be, that's the God. That's the God that is now strong. And I just don't let that weakness stay in my head like that. I'm going to answer it with truth. I'm going to answer it with the word. I mean, you know, I'm sorry, but when negative comes, I'm going to make sure I get a positive on that thing. 
I'm, I'm not going to leave without having a positive, which is the truth to me, not just positive thinking. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about getting God's word in that situation. And then I'll go on about my business. But I won't move one inch if I'm left in, I'm just weak. I'm not going to get through this. This isn't ever going to go away. This isn't ever, I'm never going to see an end to this. I refuse to stay there because I'm telling you, that is not God. That is the enemy. He's a liar and he's a deceiver. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, let's, I have something to share about the offering. It's in First Chronicles. It's when King David was, was going to build the temple, and then God told him, you can't build it. You got blood on your hands. Your, your son Solomon is going to get to build it. He, he's young, and he has no experience. It's okay, though. We're going to help him. But um, First Chronicles 29. I just want to show you this about giving and the heart condition because it's just good. And I've, I saw this a long time ago, and I've always kept it in my Bible, but couple little things. We know this. We see it in the New Testament too. But it's good to see it in the Old Testament. Um, Verse 9. It says, Then the people rejoiced, for they... Now we're talking about the people. The king had offered, but so had all the people. It says, The people... Then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly, because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord. And King David also rejoiced greatly. Because here's what happened. King David, God said, but you're going to help because you're experienced. You're going to help bring all the riches to build the temple. All the stones, the jewels, everything, all the metals, everything. You're going to help bring them together. And they did because he spoke to the people. And the people had a heart for giving. They had a heart for bringing. And, and the thing about it is, I just want to say this one thing. We need, when we give, we need to remember we give from a loyal heart. And we give from willingness. And then it said they rejoiced. Because you can't rejoice if you're not willing and you don't have a right heart condition. It's almost like I know I should and I'm going to, but if you think about it, you don't really rejoice in that. You know, you still obey because you know you're supposed to, but I'm talking about an actual atmosphere of worship and honor and praise to God and releasing your substance, releasing what you have to Him willingly from the heart and then rejoicing comes. And I've, that scripture has always spoken to me in the Old Testament. I mean, we have it in the New Testament too. But it's just to be glad when it comes to giving. To be glad when it comes to um, taking your substance and releasing it and letting it go to something. You know, they had a vision for the temple. Well, as a church, you know, we have visions for things that need to be done. Visions that we want to be done, uh, outreaches, programs, things that are in Pastor Bob and Pastor Nid's heart that some of them, they've never even been able to draw out yet. They want to. And so we have to keep that in mind about being loyal 
and being fixed on it and rejoicing, always rejoicing, always rejoicing. Amen. Amen. Ooh, thank you, Lord God. <clears throat> let, let me pray for us. Father God, I thank you. I praise you. I bless you, Lord. And Father, I thank you. What we've shared today by your spirit, Lord God, it's by the authority, Father God, of your spirit. I thank you, Lord God, that you show us, Father, the things to come. You show us how to have an experience with you and encounter you on a daily basis. You want to encounter us, and we want to encounter you. Father, I thank you for the word, Lord God, that the word is alive and well when we put it into us when we put it deep in our heart and we keep it and we guard it and we allow it father to take root in us not just one more piece of word one more scripture that we've heard but that we we value it enough to keep it and allow it to grow to renew our mind to restore our soul to be put in our mouth, Father, and into our life, Lord God. That's your way. That's your will, Father God. That's your truth for us, and it's the, it's the kind of life that you've asked us to live, Father. A life of joy, a life of gladness, a life of honor, a life of blessing, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. All right, so we've shared the scripture about giving, so if you are giving this morning, then there should be an envelope on the back of your chair or on the front, whichever um, you're seated in, and you can just fill that out. Uh, live streamers, you can go to newlifefamilyworship.net if you desire to sow, Father, or to sow, Father, to sow into this ministry. Um, we pray over the seed that comes in. Also, if you want to send us an email, thoughts, questions, comments, we would be glad. Prayer requests, we would be glad to take them and address them. So we thank you for tuning in with us this morning. Thank you, Lord.